Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. I'm thankful for our Lord in this place today. God, I thank you. Come on. Come on, we can do better than that. Lord, you are so good. You are our provider. You are faithful, our ever-present help in time of need, our prince of peace, our comfort, our, 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 our Lord, our Savior, Lord. So we thank you, God, the opportunity that we have to gather together. I love our church. You guys all sound great out there today. Oh, that was a little weak for me. It's like, yeah, Diane. Hey, we are all singing together, so we all sound good in the singing the Lord's name today. I love being able to praise and worship with you guys. I love when I'm, when I'm sitting back there and I can hear you guys more than I can actually hear the worship team. And how many of y'all thankful for our worship team? Come on. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for leading us in worship. How many of y'all ready to dive into the word of God today? Come on, come on. We're going to thank you, worship team, today. We're going we're gonna to continue in our series, This Is we, last week we talked about we live with open hands. Come on, I hope that that blessed you. If you didn't have an opportunity to, to be here last week, be sure to check out the podcast. It was one of my favorite messages to preach, so uh, be sure to check that out. Today we're going to be reading out of a lot of scripture today, and uh, we're going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 2. That's the first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 2. If you have your Bible, let me see it lifted up. I know you're turning right there. Let me see it. Come on, come on. Come on, it's important to read the Word of God. You want to know what God sounds like? Read what He's already said. All right, so getting into the Word of God. We have a Bible reading plan on the Church Center app. It's one I've been using. Maybe just focus on a book and, and dive into that. A lot of our groups are going through Bible reading plans, going through certain uh, passages in the Bible, so be sure to be a part of a group. They meet every single week. Genesis chapter 2, we're continuing in our series, This Is We. If you are seated if you are able, I would ask that you stand up in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord today. Genesis chapter 2, we're going to read through verse 2 through 3, verse 8, and then verse 15. This is going to lay the foundation for what we're talking about today. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work. Say work. Say do the work. Work, work. I don't know that song. I've never heard that song, but I think it's a bad song. He had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his what? Work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Go to verse 8. Now the Lord God had planted. Say planted. Planted is more than a class that we have after every single first service every week. It's more than that. It's actually a process that God desires we all go through to be planted in the house of the Lord, yes, but also to work. He planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Now going to verse 15. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of the Eden to what? To work it and to take care of it. God has called us to work. He has called us to take care and to be good stewards. Now, I want you to flip over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians is near the Eans. 
So you have like Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and then you go to Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, chapter 3. This is a, a letter Paul is writing to the church. And he's addressing some things, and we're going to pick up in verse 10. He's addressing some things within the church, and he's basically just teaching people proper order of, of things. Now, remember, God has called us to work. Say work. Verse 10 says, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. It's an interesting concept, both physically and spiritually. I don't think you can eat, not necessarily that you cannot eat, but you actually don't find nourishment. You don't actually receive. So not only is it a physical principle to work so that you can eat physically, it's also a spiritual one. To give in order to receive, you have to first give. Man, this is going to be a great day today. I can already feel it. God is preaching before we even got started here today. We hear that some of you are idle and disruptive. Idle. It's a dangerous thing to be in as a Christian, to be idle. Don't get me wrong. I understand seasons, but to be idled for very long, once you are aware of it, to do something about it. He said idle and disruptive. They're not busy. They are busy buddies. They're just intervening with all sorts of different people's affairs. And He says such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. So they were coming to these gatherings, but they weren't ever like, they weren't ever like bringing food because what they would do is they'd eat together daily and weekly, the breaking of the bread, they'd eat together and they'd just come and they'd basically just glean but never actually, like, provide as well. Verse 13, and as for you, brothers and sisters, this right here I want to highlight, never tire, say never tire, of doing what is good. What causes us to be tired? Paul acknowledges here that weariness is a symptom of ministry. So I can tell you, it's okay to be tired. It's okay to be tired. Because Paul's right here. He's saying just, just never tired of doing what is good. So you can be tired. It'll happen. It'll come. Don't be surprised when it comes. And we're going to be talking about that. Never tire of doing what is good. Take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. That's some harsh words there. Yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. Today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite core values is that we have calloused hands. We got some calloused hands. How many calloused hands have we got in this place here? I'll work out, all right, whatever it is. Hey, give your neighbor a high five as you be seated today. Say, you got some calloused hands, bro. You got some calloused hands, sis. Come on, we're good, Reed. You got some callous hands. Amen. And just right now, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we've been diving into the word. Holy Spirit, we thank you for resting on this place, for speaking to us. We pray that you would have your way in this service like you already have. Lord, would you speak to us? And right now, would you guys open up your hands and say these words? Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
All right, we've been talking about work. Work is biblical. God wants us to work. I need you to see work more as spiritually, biblically, the way God sees it, not necessarily the way the work sees it. This is a kingdom principle. How many of y'all enjoy kingdom principles today? We're going to be teaching you some kingdom principles here today that work is a gift. Some of you may need to write that down today, that work is a gift. Now, how you see it will determine the life that you receive from it. It's about perspective. Say perspective. Oh, 100% participation. Say perspective. It's not just a job. It's about doing something that's hard in times. But there's many things in life that are hard. And it's only really hard because of your perspective. Because a job can be hard because of your perspective. Work can be hard because of your perspective. Marriage can be hard because of your perspective. Being a parent can be hard because of your perspective. Relationships are hard based off of your perspective. And I can tell you the way that you perceive a thing is the way you will receive a thing. The way that you have your perspective that this is going to be a hard day, do not be surprised when it is a hard day. Many of us see work as a necessary evil or a means to an end. Therefore, if it is that, can I tell you, it will never be a blessing. We see God in Genesis chapter 2 plant a garden. He plants it. He doesn't speak it. He doesn't talk about it. One day, I'm going to know he actually applies himself to do the work that is necessary. Digging out rivers, tilling the soil. He gets in the dirt. God works. Our Father works. Let me settle that one more time. Our Father who is in heaven, he works. Our dad works. Our Father works. It's interesting to see a God that needs nothing chooses to use his hands to create. Think about that. He goes and he plants a garden and then he plants man in the garden and commands them to work. Can I tell you that you're always called to work? You're always called to take care of this world that he has called us to steward. You're always called to add, not just take away, to add value to things, to create things. God doesn't give you a chair, my friend. No, he gives you a tree, and he says, what are you going to make of it? God won't always give you a finished product. He'll give you an idea. He'll give you a creative process. What are you doing to contribute and to add to what God is doing retirement retirement we don't ever retire from responsibility to work the world we don't ever retire from taking care of what God has entrusted us with what is retirement retirement Paul said I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has called me heavenward until my dying breath I'm being poured out like a drink offering right so there's a level of like a retirement what so I can just sit on the couch and watch golf and play golf all day. Don't get me wrong. I love golf. That sounds like a dream to be able to sit down and play golf all day. And you could frankly do that, but you're never called to stop working. And I need you to understand what I'm talking about. When I'm saying working, I'm not talking about a nine to five. I'm not talking about what you are doing to make a paycheck, to make a living. I'm talking about something deeper, something much deeper than how the world has seen it. When Jesus went around, he went by us a fig tree, and he, he went to go pull some figs from this fig tree, and it didn't have anything. It was the time for the figs to be ripe for harvest, 
And he turned and he cursed the tree. And of course, the next day they came by, or whoever, how long it was, they came by and the disciples pointed out, they go, Jesus, that tree that you cursed is dead. Of course it was dead, Jesus replied. And then he said, if you have faith, like a mustard seed. So he kind of equates the two. What you curse, you kill. And what you have faith, you can move. Don't be surprised that when you curse your job that you get nothing from it but cursing. You can never expect life from something you curse. You can never expect life from a relationship you curse. You can never expect life from a marriage you curse. Or a a family that you curse. Or children that you curse. Or a church that you curse. You cannot receive life from your job or your work if you curse it. Whatever your hand finds to do, you cannot find life. If you're cursing it. See, work is not a punishment. The punishment was actually by the sweat of our brow will produce a return for our labor. See, write this down. Work is a gift. Possessions is a gift. Money is a gift. Now, Ephesians 4.28, you know, this is kind of sharing something similar to 2 Thessalonians. It says, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must Say that, work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Interesting that he puts the work in perspective to those in need, to be able to do something with your own hands that you may be able to share with those in need. What were these people doing? They were taking advantage of the generosity of the church. Now, every person in this world is in these two categories, either I need or I give. And depending on where you're at in life, you're either in the season where I need, oh, I need that check to come through. Oh, I need this race. Or I need this opportunity. Or I'm going to look at it as, God, what can I give today? I know I've received so much. And the moment that you realize how much you have, you actually have more than you need, and you're actually able to be a blessing, you have to embrace the idea that you're going to be looking for either of the two either opportunities to receive or opportunities to give or to fill the need. Either you're looking for the handout or you're looking to fill the need. You're thinking if someone would just do this for me, if someone would just take care of me, and what happens is you rob yourself of truly being able to get because you never thought to give. So he wasn't stealing. What this guy was doing in Ephesians 4 was he was mooching. Now the difference between men and boys is that Boys need someone to take care of them. They need someone to be able to provide for their needs. And there's a point in life where we are in need. Every single parent in here knows that there's babies that are in need. But the goal eventually is to get them to not just be in need, but to take care of themselves. And a man, really what he does is he takes on the responsibility to take care of himself and also to take care of other people. He'll take care of his spouse. He'll take care of his kids. To be able to grow up and say, you know what, I'm not just about what I can get, but I'm actually going to bring some people under my covering, and I'm going to take care of them as well. We're talking about some kingdom principles here. We're not talking about a republic. We're not talking about a democracy. And I want to share with you a passage that, that supports what we're talking about today, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. This is Jesus. He's sharing a parable. He says, again, it will be like a man. This is the kingdom. It'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Can I tell you, God has entrusted you with the ability to work, to add? Work is good, guys. Praise God that we're able to work. 
that I'm able to get up in the morning and drive to a job. Thank you, Lord, that I have that opportunity. And guess what? As I stop cursing it, I'm going to start to receive from it more than just the paycheck, the fulfillment. Verse 15 says, to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags of gold, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. And what he did is he entrusted it to these different people. And he came back. The one with five bags, he turned it to ten. The one with two bags, he turned it to four. Now the one with one bag, he came up to them. And this is where we pick up in verse 24. The man who had received one bag of gold came, said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. I want to highlight this idea. Usually the opposite of willing to work is laziness. And we are called to add. We are called to continue to uh, add to what God has entrusted us with. And to return to God what he had entrusted to you. The master, Jesus, these words are in red, calls it lazy. He gave it back to him, and we pick up in verse 26. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And these are some harsh words, and throw this worthless servant outside into the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You're called to add what has God entrusted you with. It's not to be someone else. God has given you each according to your ability. What are you doing with that ability? Some people, what you have is you got two hands and you got two feet. Some people, you got a great brain. How are you using that to continue to add to this world, really to take care of this garden to take care of this what God has entrusted us with not just to return to back to God what he gave to you but to say hey Lord I've multiplied it I've added it and I can tell you in order to multiply it takes work and this isn't a democracy because people would look at it and say man there's Jesus is a, a socialist that's not what I see here he takes from the one who doesn't have and give to the one that already has so if you need some kind of structural context to show that God isn't a socialist, there you go. God values hard work. Now, I had to be able to lay that down just to be able to lay a foundation because now I want to be able to share some things that God speaks to in regards to work. Because God doesn't necessarily respond to need. God responds to faith. Because there was a lot of sick people that Jesus walked by. There was a lot of people in need that Jesus walked by. And there was a lot of people that Jesus healed. But there wasn't a single person that, did, that called out to healing that God didn't heal. There was a lot of people at the pool of Bethesda. But Jesus found one. Jesus responds to faith. He doesn't respond to need. What kind of faith do you have for God to respond to you? To be a person that's putting the hard work and expecting a return. Do you have faith in what you put your hand to? All right, so here's just some passages about work. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Proverbs 12.11 says, Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have no sense. Proverbs 14.23 says, All hard work brings a profit. The mere talk leads only 
to poverty. So whatever God has entrusted you with, it is our responsibility to multiply. We are called to multiply. Say multiply. Multiply. It's not easy to multiply. It takes work to multiply. Your life is like a garden. If you just sit and watch it, what's going to grow out of the garden? You're going to have weeds. But if you took a moment to get down into the soil and you pull up the weeds, you could wear gloves. I don't care. I don't wear gloves because I'm a man. But I have to. I don't care how much weed killer I spray, they still come up. And I still have to get down, and every once in a while pull up. But if I just leave that unattended for a while, it's only a matter of time before the weeds overcome the garden. Hmm. Get that. The weeds overcome the garden. Because I didn't steward it. I didn't till the soil. I didn't put in the work to take care of it. And the work that I put into it will determine the work that I get from it. So what kind of fruit are you getting in your life? Are you putting in the work to be able to receive it? You can't expect great fruit if you're not willing to put in the work. This isn't about just getting it from the Lord, just freely. Yeah, there are certain things that God does give freely, but there's also other things that God calls you to put your hand to, to be able to do the work, to be able to receive it. So what kind of things are you seeing in your life? Are you seeing a lot of weeds in your life? Are you seeing a lot of fruit, seeing a lot of good vegetables? And sometimes what we do is we, we plant those seeds and we don't see it right away, so we think, ah, that wasn't really worth it. Do not forsake the, do not, do not overlook the possibility of what could become something just because you don't see it right then and there. The power of a daily habit. It's not about going to the gym once. I didn't see the abs. It's not about that. It's about putting in the daily routine. It's about putting in the daily habit. See, and the thing about working, though, is when you get down and you, you really get to it, even if you're wearing gloves, because I wear gloves when I work out. Call me a man, I don't care. Like, I don't wear gloves usually when I work. But when I work out, I do. And I still get these, these bumps on my hands. And they're called calluses. Because when I put in the work, my hands start to get beat up. And it's okay for them to get beat up. And this might sound a little bit early, but I'm going to have, Reeve, I'm going to have you come up. We're going we're gonna, to... We're going to make it a little bit of pivot. This is what I really felt like God was, was resting on in this message today, that don't be surprised when your hands get beat up. Now, I need you to look at me. They're, they're walking. They're, it's just a worship team. I need you to hear what the Lord is saying to you today. It's okay when your hands get beat up. It's okay when your hands start to get a callus. Callus is actually a protective mechanism that strengthens your ability to work. Because when you do work, your hands get beat up. If you work long enough and consistently enough, your hands become callous enough that what you do, and you're actually able to do more work without pain, which what normally would have caused pain. And anyone that has calluses on their hands knows what I'm talking about. And this is right here, I, I, I want to be able to hit on right here, is that some of us have stopped working because it got hard. And I'm not talking about your job now. I'm not talking about your employment. I'm 
talking about the kingdom. And you've stopped because it got hard. Maybe you got cut. Maybe you got bruised. Maybe your hands weren't fully calloused up enough to be able to resist that abrasion. To be able to have calloused hands is important. To be able to have a calloused heart can't have that. We're called to have calloused hands, not calloused hearts. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says this, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to highlight just that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those are some contradicting words right there. My yoke, a yoke is what they put on oxen together. He says, so you're putting on a yoke with me. So it's, wait, so it's a burden, but it's easy. Wait, so it's a yoke, but it's light. And I think some of the errors of Christianity is we focus on the easy and light and not the yoke and the burden. We put a lot of attention on the easy and light, and we think if it's not easy or light, it must not be God. And he says, but it's yoke and it's burden. You've been putting the focus on the easy and light. If it's not easy and light, you think it's not God. And so you go after things that are easy and light, and you're missing God. And God says, if it is easy and light, you're probably not even carrying my yoke or my burden. And if it's not easy and light, then you're probably the one carrying it more than me. Because I'm supposed to carry his burden. I'm supposed to carry his yoke, but it's supposed to be easy, and it's supposed to be light. Jesus says, if it's not easy, and if it's not light, you're probably carrying it wrong. And carry the burden, carry the yoke, but find the right way to carry it. And some of y'all have stopped working because it got hard. And remember, I'm not talking about your job. I'm talking about kingdom. Because we're called to add to this world to work it, yes. But we're also called to add to the kingdom and to work the kingdom. I am not talking about serving on a team at church. I am talking about working for the kingdom. About being a good worker for the kingdom. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I'm talking about being a worker for the kingdom. Because it's going to be hard. And I'm tired of churches that are, this is going to be your best life. Yeah, you're going to die to yourself? Bro, you're going to, it's going to be, you should serve on a team. You should serve the kingdom. It's so much fun. This is the hardest thing to do in my life. To work for the kingdom? But my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I call that a false, that's, 
false belief system. It's not easy. And it's not light. You might think that, well, Eli, you're kind of caught. This is what Jesus said. And I want to be able to set you free today. You've been looking for an easy road. You've been looking for the, the light load. And it's not necessarily about that. It's about partnering with Jesus and carrying what he's doing. Because our Father's working. Our Father's doing something. And I can know that I'm able to go to him. Eli is supposed to, okay, then tell me what Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians. What does he say in 2 Corinthians 4? He has, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So what are we? We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Hmm. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Oh, but his yoke is easy. That don't sound easy to me. That don't sound light to me. I think you're looking at the wrong thing. You're focusing on easy and light, and you're not focusing on carrying the yoke and the burden with Christ. But you can have that hope that even though you're in this thing that gets tired, this flesh that gets tired, you can be hard-pressed, but you're not abandoned. You can be struck down, but you're not destroyed. He says in this, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive will always be given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So that death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. I'm fine with having calloused hands if it means life is coming to you. Are you fine with having calloused hands if it means life is coming to someone else? Because when you're focused on the easy and light, you will never be able to see the need in someone else. It'll always be about what I can get, easy and light. But it's not about that. The kingdom's not about that. It's about what I can give. And I'm going to carry the burden and the yoke with Jesus, not just look for it easy and light. But when I'm with them, guess what? I can get through anything because I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. That means I'm going to have hardship. That means I'm going to have trials. That means I'm going to be tired. Why? Because I'm human. Don't be surprised when you get tired. You're a human. But let the Spirit of God give you strength so that you can show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Well, how are you doing, Pastor Eli? Everyone says it. I'm tired. I don't care how much work you're doing. I know lazy people that say, I'm tired. So the question is, how tired? Do you want to be tired for the kingdom? Do you want to be tired for yourself? And I know that when I'm tired for the kingdom, I can be perplexed but not in despair. The Spirit of God is your strength, not you. The Spirit of God is your power, not you. I love the Sabbath. We're called to work six days, though, and rest one, not five and rest two. We're called to continue to add to the kingdom. We're called to continue to partner with Jesus, our Heavenly Father, in building the kingdom. I need you to know that it's good to be tired. To be poured out like a drink offering is good. It's not good, though, to be tired of doing good. It's okay to be tired. 
It's not okay to be tired of doing good. My wife and I, when we got married, it was only a few months into our marriage, and I was going over to our house on a Sunday because we volunteered at a church, and we, we, we went and we spent Sunday afternoons at my in-laws, and we'd stop off and we'd get a basic white vanilla latte, and I don't know why I called it white vanilla because she calls it the basic white girl drink. You get it every time, <laughs> and I'll get a, a vanilla latte, and we'll go sit down, and this one particular Sunday, we're sitting down watching TV, and I'm hearing this mowing going. I'm thinking, though, the neighbor's mowing, and then I seen through the window my father-in-law out there mowing the grass, and I just started, like, twitching, like, like I couldn't stop moving, and she kind of looked at me. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, your dad's out there working. She's like, and? Well, my family, if my dad was out there working, I couldn't be inside relaxing. And she's like, oh, but he really likes that. And it put me at ease, and I'm like, oh, okay. But then it took me back to my family. Anytime my dad was out there, whether it be yard work, any new project that we're doing around the house, if he was out there, we were going to be out there as well. And I can't help but think that there's a lot of Christians that are inside watching TV and their father's out there working. And I think it's about time that we as a church, we take that perspective that, you know what? If my dad's out there, I'm going to go out there too. Because our dad's out there. Jesus got tired, but he kept working. And I think it's about time that we realize God's working. Our father's working, and we rally around that cry. Say, my dad's out there. And if my dad's out there, guess what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to work with him. But my hands hurt. It's all right if your hands hurt. Because we're going to take the approach. I'm not going to put my hands to the plow and look back. I'm going to keep working for the kingdom. Jesus said, for the joy set before him. Well, if it's not joyful, it's not God. Tell that to the cross. The Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good. Before we close today, we're going to be bringing that passage up. But this is who we are as a church. And this main value, callous tans, is derived from this one verse here. We can, we're jumping ahead a little bit. We're going to go to Colossians 2. This is one of my life's verses. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Whatever you do. God, what do you want me to do? doesn't matter. Are you doing it for the Lord? Are you doing it for his kingdom? Are you doing that business for the Lord? For yourself? No, no, no. Whatever you do, and guess what? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it to my best ability because I'm doing it for God, not for me. And if I'm going to do it for God, God's going to get my absolute best. So I'm going to put in the work to learn the material. I'm going to put in the work to be the best there is at the task at hand because I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it for the Lord. So I strive to give my best to God. 
I'm not striving for perfection. I'm giving my best effort. And here's the thing is that we always think that, well, that was enough. I've given enough. And I'm here to tell you that you actually have more in you than you think you do. We're not bare minimum people here at this church. We go above and beyond. We're not thinking in minimums. No. When someone asks us to do something, we're thinking, and what else? Because I'm about the kingdom. So when God asks me to do something, okay, God, and what else? The Bible says if someone asks you to go with them one mile, go with them two. Everyone else in this world can do the bare minimum. Show up at 8 o'clock, leave at 5. You're going to show up early and you're going to leave a little bit late. I'm not talking about hours late. You're going to wait till the job's done. You're going to be a person that shows an example to the world of what a believer in Christ is. I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm not just going to do, hey, here's this Excel spreadsheet that you asked for, boss. No, I'm not going to do the minimum because I'm not just doing it for him. I'm doing it for the Lord. If I'm doing it for the Lord, I'm going to be the best that there is at it. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to put in the practice to get better and better each and every single day. What does that say? Day by day, we get better and better. No. So this is who we are. We live, we have callous hands. It says our work is our worship. We don't shy away from hard work. In all we do, we give our very best for God. We don't stop at what has been asked of us, but we ask ourselves, and what else? Would you stand to your feet? And what else? And some of you may think, I can't give any more. So this is what I do when I get tired. I just keep showing up. The only person the devil cannot stop is a person that doesn't quit. What does Rocky say? You just keep on getting back up. I keep showing up. Can't stop, won't stop. That's a song too, isn't it? I don't know the song. It's probably a bad song too. I'm going to keep showing up. I don't know how I can keep loving my spouse. Keep showing up. My kids keep showing up. My family keeps showing up. My church keeps showing up. We have a saying, keep coming back. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. Don't grow weary. Keep showing up. I got nothing left. You're stronger than you think you are. Because eventually your hands will get calloused. And you're going to be able to do more than you think you can. And callous is good because it shows resilience. The last verse I want to share with you, Galatians 6, 9 says... Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Can I pray for you today? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your church. God, I pray that as we are stewards of this thing called life, that we would not merely just return it back to you and say, here it is. Lord, but we would actually multiply it. We would add to it. And as we go to multiply, Lord, we know that it's going to take work. So I pray for every single soul in here that it has cuts and bruises. God, and has stopped working for the kingdom because it got hard. Lord, I pray that they would have a perspective that you have. Say, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. So you give rest, but then you put your yoke. 
Lord, so I pray that as we carry your yoke, we're not easy, looking for it to be light or easy, but we're actually looking and partnering with you to carry the burden and the yoke. Lord, and as we go to work for your kingdom, help us to know that we're not in it alone. Our dad's out there working all along. He's been working. He never stops working. He is working before we showed up. He'll be working long after we're gone. Lord, you are working. So I pray that we're not merely just working, but we are partnering with you in all the good work that you are doing. So you're carrying the heavy load. All we're doing is walking with you, God. So I pray for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, God, that our cup would be overflowing in Jesus' mighty name. God, that we would be those that are marked not by our tiredness, not by our weariness, God, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this ultra-passing power is from God and not from us, that we are perplexed but not in despair. We are persecuted but not abandoned. We are struck down but not destroyed, that the death of Jesus would always be present in us, that the life of God we can give to others. So I pray for our church, Lord, that we would continue to have calloused hands, God, willing to put into work. God, our work is our worship. We're going to continue to till the soil. We're going to give it our very best. God, not for anyone else, but for you, God. We're giving it all out, God, laying it all on the table. God, giving it all to you, for yours is the kingdom, Yours is the power. Yours is the glory, Lord. So bless your church in this. We pray. And all my people said, amen. God, we love you. We love you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.